Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Man, it's great to be back with you folks. It's, here we are in the 138th podcast. We're in the book of Job. We're on chapter 6. And Man, we've been all over the place looking at Job, Stephanie. I mean, we've we've looked at the stuff he's been through, uh, where he came from, rich dude, uh, wealthy dude, spiritually rich dude, wonderful kids, wonderful farm, good friends. And, and then we've been reading here what Eliphaz has had to say. But let me just say this, Stephanie, it's uh, it's good to see you this morning. We, As we mentioned in earlier podcasts, we've changed our process a little bit to where we're looking at each other on Zoom so that we can make hand gestures to each other and, and she can say, you're wrong or something and I'll see the lip movement or whatever the case will be and, and she'll hold up a note and say, messed up, what you meant. That hasn't happened yet, but I know it will at some point. Uh, or sometimes she'll just say, Doug, stop. And that happened last week. But anyway, we stop and we please in another little piece of, because uh, I read the wrong verse or something. I don't know. I think I was reading out of Corinthians. No, I'm only joking, but we love you folks. How are you this morning, Stephanie? Well, Doug, I'm doing better than Job was about this time. So. Praise God. I mean, the best answer in 138 podcasts. That was the best one. And uh, the, here's the great That's news. That was your idea, you know, just in the spirit of well, full disclosure. You know, now you gave it away. <laughs> now it's ruining it. So, uh, so here I can't take credit if it's the best one. All right. All right. Well, you know, <laughs> so now I messed up. But anyway, we're back at the book of Job. We're in chapter six. There's a whole lot going on with Job. And there's a lot of you folks out there who've been through the junk. You've been through the trials. Uh, you've, you've been on your knees, you've been to the foot of the cross, you've begged for people who've been going home, you've begged for people whose lives have been upside down, you've begged God to get you through trials, and, and, and folks, we're not discounting any of you. Uh, one of the reasons we're looking at Job is to find out how we can handle when those trials come. And, and I think, Stephanie, we're either in a trial, just getting out of a trial, or getting ready to get into a trial somewhere in our life. I mean, do, do you feel that way, Stephanie? Yeah. 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 I sort of feel like it's just one continuous thing. But wow. Anyway. <laughs> God's shaping us, brethren. And so if you're out there today and you're in the midst of a trial and you're going through real tough stuff, listen, it's okay. You know, uh, we're here for you. Get a hold of us. But here we are in the book of Job in chapter six. And we're going to actually break this into three parts. We're going to read not quite a third, but we're going to read three parts and talk about them in the chapter six. So we know that in chapter five, Eliphaz had his opportunity to shine and talk to Job. And, and since we named that bad advice and, and a couple other things that Eliphaz had, fess up. And uh, uh, now we're at a place, I think, more than anything else where, where Job's you know, going to come back and answer. He's going to say, it's worse than what you think. Now, this is worse than what you think. I'm going through it. So here we are in chapter 6 and verse number 1. It says, but Job answered and said, Oh, that my grief were thoroughly weighed, and my calamity laid in the balances together. For now it would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore my words are swallowed up. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me, the poison whereof drinketh up my spirit. The terrors of God do that set themselves in array against me. Doth the wild ass bray when he hath grass, or loweth the ox over his fodder? Can that which is 
unsavory be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? The things that my soul refuseth to touch are as sorrowful meat. I've been thinking about this, Stephanie. I mean, Job is just coming out right saying, I'm hurt. I mean, what, what are you thinking here, Stephanie? Yeah, I think Job is, wow, uses yeah. quite the phrase here. Yeah. Um, but I think Job's at the point of, I mean, it's pretty powerful to say, you know, I wish my grief could be weighed and that what's happened to me could be weighed because it'd be heavier than the sand of the sea. In other words, because yeah. you have absolutely no idea. Wow. What it feels like to be where I am. Man. And, I have a hard time picking up one of those little shovels at the beach when I make it sand castles. And to equate that to sand is heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Very heavy. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you're in that spot where you do feel like what you're going through is going to crush you, where you feel like there is no way to describe it. I think that's where Job is. And that's what Job's saying to his friends. And I mean, verse four, it's like, wow, the arrows of the almighty are within me. The poison whereof drinketh up my spirit. The terrors of God do set themselves in array against me. Literally. I think Job is in a point of, of believing. He doesn't know why, because he knows he hasn't sinned, but he believes God has set his entire army against him. Yeah. And that's what it feels like to him. And that's, I think that's part of the reason that his calamity and that his grief is weighing so heavily on him, because I think he feels like God is said, it has set himself against me. And I don't know why we're going to find out later. He knows it's because he hasn't sinned. Yeah. But We've got his turned his back on him at this point. You know, this one expression here, and, and I'm glad about later, and we've said that a bunch of times for those of you who are unfamiliar uh, with the ending of the book of Job, we've told you it's going to turn out all right. It's going to be okay. And you can never replace family members you lose. You can never, uh, you know, we know that. But, but the book of Job finishes on an extremely high note and gives us a lot of enthusiasm and confidence as we go about serving God. But this, this one sentence here, this one verse, Stephanie, before we move along, uh, verse number four, for the arrows of the Orm Almighty are within me, and the poison whereof drinketh up my spirit, and the terrors of God do set themselves in array against me. As somebody who's, I mean, felt those arrows, uh, know the taste of that poison. I mean, uh, where's Joe Bat making that statement? What's going on with him? Well, I think this is his way of saying he's drowning. Yeah. Um, everybody has their own way of expressing it. Um, but you know, Job went through the loss of everything of, of belongings of his children and yeah, and that wasn't enough. Then, you know, now he's sitting in ashes, scraping boils. Hmm. And that's where he is when he writes this. And literally, I don't think Job's exaggerating when he says the poison whereof drinketh up my spirit. Job was dying. Yeah, he was. Satan could not kill him. 
Yeah. But Satan was killing his body. He could yeah. not take his spirit. He could not physically finish the job. But Satan was taking him to the brink of death. He was. I firmly believe that. He was yeah. literally doing everything short. I don't know that Satan wasn't trying to resist God and kill him. God just wasn't going to let that happen because God had said, no, you're not doing that. But that was Satan's goal, was to finish Job off. And Job didn't know it was coming from Satan. Yeah. To him, it was coming from God, and God was killing him from where Job sat. And um, I remember being there when I found out I had tumors, and at that point, um, yeah. you know, pain levels, no sleep, all of it. And I remember thinking that, that God's killing me. And at that point, I almost didn't care. If it wasn't for my eight kids, I really was like, God, just be done. Please just finish the job. And so um, I think that's where Job was, that he was at the point of God's killing me. And I wish he would just finish me off and be done with this process. I think so, too. I think you're absolutely right there. And I think as we move on, you know, the important thing, uh, when Stephanie started that comment, she made the comment that I think he's drowning and that's the first, Stephanie said that to me when she had the tumors. She called me. She had called her dad, and then she called me from the parking lot there in Goshen, Indiana. I still remember it as if it was uh, a week ago, and it was over a year ago, a year and a half ago. Or, but, uh, uh, you know, folks, some of you may be out there, and you feel like you're drowning. But I want you to know there's a great God, and we're going to see that God just intertwined in Job's life more and more. We're going to find glimpses of God. It's We're not there yet. It finishes good, finishes well. Hang with us. But in verse number eight, Stephanie, it says, and I'm going to go eight through 13. Oh, that I might have my request and that God would grant me the thing that I long for. I don't like the thing that he longs for here. Even that it would please God to destroy me, that he would let loose his hand and cut me off. Then should I, uh, then should I yet, have comfort, yea, I would harden myself in sorrow, let him not spare, for I have not concealed the words of the Holy One. What is my strength that I should hope, and what is mine end that I should prolong my life? Is my strength the strength of stones, or is my flesh of brass? Is not my help in me, and is wisdom driven quite from me? So Job, Job wants to be dead here. Job yeah. wants Job wants out. He he wants things to end, Stephanie. He's he's at that place where he's just like, you know, I've had enough. The sooner the better. He's convinced, I think, you know, looking at this, and I might be wrong, and I want to ask you this, but just reading those verses I just read, read I believe Job is uh, saying this catastrophe is going to be the end of me. I mean, mm-hmm. is that what you're getting? He wants to die and he thinks it's over anyway? I mean, is that what you're seeing there in those verses? Yeah, I don't think Job has any will to live at this point. Yeah. Um, he said the way he talks in verse 9, even that it would please God to destroy me, that he would let loose his hand and cut me off. In other words, God, you've, you've taken me to the edge. You've given me every blow but the final blow that will kill me. Would you just give that final blow? I just wish God would do that final thing. Everything else is done. Take that final step. I have nothing. He says, what is my strength that I should hope? He has lost all hope at this point. Yeah. He literally sees absolutely no reason to even, I think he's lost his will to live. Yeah. Verse 11, what is my end that I should prolong my life? There's a strong sense in when you lose hope, 
you lose that will to live. And I've been there and it's a very dark place. It's and a bad place Job, to be, brethren. It's a, it's a, it's he a, was there. I think Job literally was at the point of if he could have figured out a way to end his life, he would have at this point. It's he was a bad that, place to be, brethren. And, and let me tell you, it's never God's plan. And uh, yeah. it's never God's plan for us to take our own lives. See, no matter how sick we are, no matter how ill we are, God's plan uh, is full for us. It's, it's timed out. It's, it's real. And I want to say that here just in case anyone out there is listening to my voice and has considered suicide. We actually have podcasts, I think two of them on being suicidal that you can find in Podbean, Helpful Wounded Spirits, just four words, help for F-O-R, wounded spirits. But I, I think I want to say to you here, folks, listen, God has a plan for us that has an expected end. And that expected end may not be good to us. It may not be what we think is good to us, but it's God's plan for us. And God's plan is always right. I actually uh, have a little booklet I wrote called Finding God's Will in Your Life. I just found it yesterday. I'm thinking about putting it out there on Amazon here uh, later on this afternoon. A lot of things I write, I just haven't found for a while and I've been finding them. But I think here's the significant thing I want to talk about before Stephanie and I move on. Uh, Job is, is thinking that my life is better off being dead. Don't ever go there, friends. If you're there, pick up the phone and call us. Your life matters. What you say and how you act in the midst of some of the toughest trials uh, are going to show everything about what God is to you. And, uh, and it, it, you know, listen, we're fallible. Stephanie's saying, hey, I've been there. I can tell you, I've been there. And it doesn't, it doesn't make us any weaker to have that thought. It makes us weaker to live in that time zone. We need to get out of that time zone as quick as we can and say, God, we're getting this from the devil. We need your help. Help us to get through this. Uh, we're like Job. We're overwhelmed right now. We're in a bad place. And, and, and let's move on. I think that uh, we see a lot going on with Job. And I think this is actually, there's two things. I think starting in 21, uh, it's almost like Job's answering his friends here. But let's look at 14 through 20, then start with 21 to 30. But it says uh, to him that is afflicted, pity should be uh, showed from his friend, but he forsaketh the fear of the Almighty. My brethren have dealt deceitfully as a brook, and as the stream of the brooks they pass away, which are blackish by reason of ice, and wherein the snow is hid. With time they wax warm, they vanish. When in his heart they are consumed out of their place. The paths of their way are turned aside, and they go to nothing and perish. The troops of the Tima looked, and the companies of the Sheba waited for them. They were confounded because they had hoped. They came thither, and they were ashamed. Then start in verse 21. He says, For now ye are nothing. You see my casting down, and are afraid. Did I say, Bring unto me, or give a reward for me of your substance, or deliver me from the enemy's hand, or redeem me from the hand of the, uh, of the mighty? Teach me and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred. How forcible are right words, but what doth you, uh, your arguing reprove? What, what's it talking about? Do you imagine to reprove words in the speeches of one that is desperate, which are as wind? Yea, ye overwhelm the fatherless, and ye dig a pit for your friend. Now therefore be content, look upon me, for it is evident unto you I lie. Return, I pray you, let it not be inequity. Yea, return again, my righteousness is in it. If there any inequity in my tongue, cannot my taste discern, preserve, 
perverse things. You know, I'm thinking about that, Stephanie, as we're looking at it. And right up front, he's, he's doing this. He's doing a statement, a, a godly kind of theological thing there from 14 to 20. And I mean, what, what are you catching there from 14 or 20 that stands out to you? I mean, making that, you know, even that comparison as a brook. I mean, what, as you read that, what do you, what do you think of? Um, I, I've been, as you were reading through, I was like, wow. I mean, you see things that are just, I don't honestly know exactly what he means by the Brooks statement, just to be honest with you. But I think in his mind, it's almost just like you've come through, you came through acting like you were going to be in a sense, a well of refreshing water. You came through as a scent looking, you can, you know, you came here. Like I was looking for encouragement from you. Yeah. And so you created, almost like, like a flash flood. You created a disaster and you just made my pain worse. And you, and you nailed that brook thing right there. That's what he's talking about. You know, sometimes in the Middle East, those things, they don't get a lot of rain, but when they get a man, it comes. And when you have that unlikely freezing that goes on out there, man, it's black ice. You don't see the snow. I mean, you can't see through blackish ice. And those of us, I've, I've dropped a, uh, back in my day, everybody had a Yamaha 650 motorcycle. And I, you know, I hopped on the bandwagon. You could get one brand new for about 1500 bucks. And, and uh, I got a tax return one year and bought one brand new and dropped it on black ice. You didn't see the black ice. Yeah. Came out of nowhere. And you don't see the brook. Sometimes the brook comes out of nowhere. Your brook, you have a, uh, so Stephanie has a beautiful uh, brook, uh, which is a large stream for those of you who don't speak in the New England or Northern vernacular. And sometimes it rises and it comes out of nowhere. It, but then Stephanie, you go past the brook statement and it says, is my strength the strength of stones? Or is my flesh of brass? I mean, sometimes don't you have to say that to people? You know, what do you think I am? I'm a human being. Yeah, I think I think Job's telling his friends, guys, look, this, you know, you've had the wrong view of me. I'm a human just like you're a human. There's yeah. nothing about me that's any stronger than than you. Right. And, you know, he's he's going, yeah, this is this has been hard. Um, but I, and I think verse 14 is like, wow. Um, to him that is afflicted, pity should be shown him from his friend. In other words, of all the people in the world that I thought would be here for me and just show pity. In other words, would understand this has been rough. I thought it'd be my friends. Yeah. And I'm going through but it, he man. Says, but he forsaken your almighty. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's there's those listening to us this morning that are going through it. In this example, the brook, sometimes it's teeming with water and things grow up the side of it. Everybody gets all excited. Then sometimes it's dried out. Uh, but anyway, folks, as I'm looking at this and what, what I was just telling Stephanie here, and I think the important thing is, you know, the brook sometimes is 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 overflowing. And all this green grows up. You can see that behind uh, Stephanie and her kid's house. They have a wonderful time back there. It's beautiful. Um and then, then the brook will dry up, you know, as the summer comes, as the heat comes, you don't have rain. And, and Job's going through all that, and he's, con he's confounded by all this. But I think the most important thing in these verses up to 20, the most important thing is, you know, who am I, fellas? Who am I, ladies? I'm just a normal guy who's trying to answer from God's word. And I think after being browbeat, uh, not purposely maybe, but after being browbeat, uh, previous to this and these other chapters blaming him wanting him to take 
the fall for everything happening to him. After going through all that, I think that we now, uh, we now see where he's saying, who am I? Then in 21, for now are ye nothing. Ye see my casting down and ye are afraid. They're afraid they look at it. Did I say bring unto me or give me? And you know what he's saying to his friends here? And he goes on, he talks about teaching them. He goes on, did I imagine these things? Am I reproving words? Uh, and he's talking, he even goes on to talk about his inequities. But don't you sometimes, Stephanie, in your place, and you, and you help so many ladies, and there's so many people that look to you, and there's so many people, and don't you sometimes just want to say, can I have a human day? Can I have a human break? I'm just human. Yeah, I ask God that every morning yeah. <laughs> for a day like that. Um, no, I think, and I, I, the verse that stuck out to me was 19. The troops of Tima looked and the companies of Sheba waited for them. They were confounded because they had hoped. They came thither and were ashamed. And I think Job's friends were coming to him expecting that he was maybe going to be a little bit down, but, man, Job's Job. Yeah. He's got this. And... They come and find Job in ashes. They come and find Job in the dump. They come find Job literally ready to die. Yeah. And instead of being there with pity and encouragement, they're like, well, he just let us down. He's not right with God. And they wow. started hammering on him. And it's just like, wow. Instead of, it says, you know, for now you are nothing. You see my casting down and are afraid. In other words, you're not my friends, guys. Yeah. Friends don't do this. You, you know, you, instead of when you came and saw I was discouraged, encouraging me, you got afraid. It messed you up. And um, Job's like, I didn't ask you to come. I didn't ask you to bring me anything. I didn't ask for this. Yeah. And I think Job's, Job, Job, he's pretty fed up with him at this point. Yeah, he's basically saying, you know, you see what I'm going through and you're afraid. Uh, you're looking at me, you're asking me these stupid rhetorical questions, you're pointing out these things, you want me to come clean like it's something I did. I mean, that's what's coming to my mind as we, as we end chapter six here. You know, there are people out there, and I think the application, and that's where we always go, Stephanie, and I think the application for our listeners out here is, listen, sometimes just tell folks I'm human. And, and, you know, put on your robe, shave your head, and not real real life. I, Stephanie, I don't want to see you with a shaved head. But uh, uh, you know what? The, the example there is just get before your God. And uh, and that's what Job's trying to do here. And some of his friends are knuckleheads. i I got to be up front with you. And some of my friends are knuckleheads, uh, present company excluded, I might add. So, Stephanie, here we are with a couple minutes left. And I honestly, I think the whole jest of chapter 6 I think the whole catch, I think the whole thing that comes out of Job for us, it, it just comes down to this, is that Job says, I'm human. Why are you doing this to me? I'm nothing special. Have you been yeah. there, Stephanie? I mean, have you, uh, why are you guys here? Leave me alone. Have you been there? I mean. Yeah. yeah, I remember saying to the person who, you know, told me I needed to just snap out of it and get my heart right and this and that and the other. And, I remember responding with, you know, they were like, talk to me, tell me what's going on. And I'm like, I can't, you know, how do I talk about my husband's head being blown apart? You know, how do you talk about that? And exactly. especially a month out. And, um, when I think of the end of chapter six in verse 27, Job says, yea, ye overwhelm the fatherless and ye dig a pit for your friend. 
Mm. And it really just comes to me that God, yes, God allowed Job to go through this, but I think Job's friends really missed the boat and what God expected of them. And if you're, if you have a friend, just to speak to our audience, if you have a friend who is going through an absolute incredible valley that you can't even begin to imagine, dig a well for them, yeah. give them water, give them hope, but don't dig a pit for them to fall in. Yes, there we are. I mean, that yeah. is that is the worst thing you can do for someone who's down is dig a pit to help them fall even lower. Make it worse. Boy, I couldn't have ended that better myself. Folks, listen. No pit digging necessary. Dig the wells. Bring the Starbucks. Be ready to hang out with folks and hold people who are hurting in your arms and uh, just love on them. Well, we sure do love you folks. Make sure you look us up on the Facebook page, Helpful Wounded Spirits, and look us up on our personal pages. We'd love to hang out with you. I don't know about you, Stephanie, but I'm learning like crazy from the book of Job, and we sure hope you folks are out there. Listen, we'll, uh, uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. We're going to be hopping in the book of Job chapter 7. You don't want to miss that. And uh, as we continue on in search of, uh, the, these are the strongest trials, I think is what we were calling them, the toughest trials. I mean, this is hard. All right, we'll be back with you. We sure do love you, folks. Keep your heads up. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.